That's right. Nice, man. I am dangerous. Welcome to Cruising It, the podcast where we watch and discuss all of Tom Cruise's films in chronological order. I'm your host, Donovan Bruce, and with me as always is Andrew Mount. Take me to bed or lose me forever. And Mason Kuzmich. Show me the way home, honey. On today's episode, we're discussing the best Tom Cruise movie ever, Top Gun. Is it though? An action film starring Tom Cruise as Maverick, a rebellious naval pilot striving to prove himself and win the Top Gun trophy. What'd you guys think? I thought it was ambitious to film an entire movie based around one of John McCain's plane crashes. What? He's Maverick. He's not. (laughs) He's a Maverick, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I had never seen this movie before, Mm -hmm. um, and then settle in for the long tail of this movie, kids. Uh, I liked this movie pretty well, um, and then we recorded an episode, and uh, we didn't like it, and then we had to re-record a whole bunch of other episodes. Hang on, don't don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. But then remember, Legend, we didn't have to re-record, so Legend, it sounds like we're done re-recording, but really, we're still fucking (laughs) re-recording. Next movie, we're not re-recording that episode no matter what. I don't care how bad it is or how much audio we lose yeah see see legend was the first one that we didn't have to re-record after we lost everything the first time and then we had sound issues on all of the episodes we did except for legend so we had to re-record them all again except for legend which is why we're so happy but in reality we were really sad legend is the only episode we haven't re-recorded it's pretty cool I was, know, right? Go was, listen to Legend, everybody. <laughs> it's the f- only perfect one we've done. Oh, my God. Mm. It's such a slap in the face to hear our past selves celebrating about being <laughs> done re-recording before we had to go back and re-record a bunch of episodes. But anyway, for real, I did kind of like Top Gun. It was it was entertaining. It was, uh, it was an interesting change of pace, I guess, from some of what You mean the fact that it was actually good? Well, okay, no. No, that's not yeah, that's Fuck not you, what, every other movie we've seen. There were good movies that we've seen. But you know, endless love. <laughs> oh, the best, second worst, actually. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, now, I it's am, no losing it. I will clarify because I feel like I'm going to get angry messages. But I understand that this is not the best Tom Cruise movie. I logically understand that it is the best Val Kilmer movie, though. That might actually be true, <laughs> but I don't know enough to challenge <laughs> you on that. Um. Would McGruber be the second best? Was that Val Kilmer? Oh, uh, whatever. Up? Whenever he was Batman. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> still better than George Clooney. One, anyways. Oh. Um, uh-huh, rubber lips. <laughs> <laughs> That's for all you George Clooney Batman heads out there. God damn it! But anyways, this movie is kind of special to me because this was like one of my favorite movies when I was a kid, and it's probably the first Tom Cruise movie I ever saw. So really, we wouldn't be here if I hadn't seen this movie. So, And yeah, there's a little nostalgia factor with Top Gun. So, I fully understand and don't actually believe that this is the best Tom Cruise movie ever ever made. I'm not that dumb, but it it is very fun, and I enjoy it a lot. Preemptively defending yourself. Has the internet broken you? It might have. I'm, I'm, I'm dead inside. Why did his bat suit have nipples? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
you know what? I think about that at least twice a week. <laughs> because I can't figure it out. And <laughs> why why did Batgirl not have nipples on her costume? Could Batman have a well, credit card. <laughs> did he have to have a credit check? Well, and Batgirl How can't have nipples because female nipples are obscene. Why would a billionaire Apparently. have a credit card? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Uh, okay, but people don't know that Batman's a billionaire. Okay. You know, we're getting into a really bad <laughs> habit of getting completely derailed on the podcast. <laughs> I don't even remember what happened in this movie anymore, man. I watched this like three months ago. Okay, you, you, but you, you kept, uh, you kept watching um, the same GIF over and over again oh, we'll from get, this movie. Oh, we'll get to that. It's it's a great GIF. It's well, a gift. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> All right, let's just get it. Let's just get into the discussion of the movie. <laughs> United States Naval Aviator Lieutenant Pete Maverick Mitchell and his radar intercept officer, Goose, fly the F-14A Tomcat aboard the USS Enterprise, not the Star Trek ship, the aircraft carrier. Anyways. uh, Which was eventually made into the Star Trek ship. Sure. I guess. During an interception with two hostile MiG-28 aircraft, Maverick gets missile lock on one while the other hostile aircraft locks onto Maverick's wingman, Cougar. While Maverick drives off the remaining MiG-28, Cougar is too shaken to land, and Maverick, defying orders, shepherds him back to the carrier. Cougar gives up his wings, citing his newborn child that he has never seen. Despite his dislike for Maverick's recklessness, CAG Stinger sends him and Goose to attend Top Gun, the Naval Fighter Weapons School at Naval Air Station Miramar. I just want to point out that uh, taking a picture of the other plane's cockpit and flipping them off is not an argument, and I think they owe an apology to really the entire Russian Air Force, or I guess Soviet Air Force at the time. What? What? I don't understand half the things you say. On you don't podcast. have to. Do you know how many times and re-listens <laughs> you say something? There's a long pause, and I just go, "What?" There's a lot. Yeah, I've listened to them too. There's been at least three so far. <laughs> So, I mean, you can keep adding to them constantly, whenever you want, really. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so this is the part of the movie where I first started being confused because mm-hmm. I thought that Top Gun was like a movie about a bunch of guys in military like training camp, like before they had become pilots. I mean, and well, that well, there were like seven main characters. I don't know why I decided that this was true. So <laughs> I'm like, Tom Cruise is already an Air Force pilot. How did that Navy. happen? Naval, I, naval, and it's a Coast Guard pilot. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it, no. it can't be. He wouldn't be part of the Chair Force. What? What? <laughs> Jesus <Okay>. Christ, Mason. <laughs> oh, I are you, that, that, are is, you that is legitimately a military joke. Air Force. Oh, man. It's one of the few military jokes I know. Hmm. Well, I really liked this opening portion. It kind of, you know, it throws you into the action right away. It's nice. It's not that long buildup like, you know, in All the Right Moves, for example. Yeah, where fuck the fir- character building. Where the first, thir- hey, hey. <laughs> 
they grip you from the beginning and then you get character building later. It's actually good that they give you action at the beginning because also I thought this was a very action laden movie and it's uh-huh. really not. There's not that many like yeah, there's like a few scenes and most I mean, of them are just reused footage anyway. Yeah, which I well, was actually in favor of because I like the character stuff. I like the romance story. That's mm. fair. Did you really? I mean, I didn't like really love this one, but in general, I it, like it did that have sort that one song over and over more again. More than like vehicles, I don't like yeah. car chases or like plane fights and stuff. Huh. Do you like the same missile being fired off multiple times in the same direction from the same angle? Well, okay. <laughs> what the reason why that was is because we'll get to it later. Keep no, going. No, I don't have that in the trivia section. <laughs> oh, but fine. once again, it came up organically. So every time we respond to something Mason says, I'm not saying we have to say what every time. But can we just consider it as a possibility before we talk? <laughs> sh- sh- sure, so that it happens sure. a lot. But it, leave this in, Doug. But the reason why it's the, obviously the same missile shot is because they actually fired a missile that like the naval pilots and because that's really expensive and stuff they've only fired two so they had to shoot it from multiple angles to make it seem like different missile shots just think about how many mosquito nets those missiles could have bought all right politics over <laughs> <laughs> what so anyways y- y'all have any more to talk about the movie or are we gonna oh, keep right, okay uh so uh, interesting choice for uh, for them to get rid of their cougar early on. Um, well, uh, hang on. <laughs> Don't judge me. Um, and this is this is its connection to losing it, right? I believe we've talked about this before. Don't, don't spoil the trivia section. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Hang on. It I just said that. And whatever. 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 Well, but I have Doug, this one in the Doug, take this out. Doug, Doug, take this shit Once out. Once again, no, leave it in Doug. There's no leave Doug. It it's just me. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Take all the By the way, I'm going to start start tweeting lots of uh, gifts from the TV show, animated TV show, Doug. Now, we've been talking about this <laughs> opening section for a little bit now, and I feel like we've said like three things about the actual movie. No, you're, you're right. So... <laughs> So, so I mean, it's uh, an action scene. I also didn't know that it took two people to plot to to fly an airplane. That's uh, a new thing that I learned. It depends on the this plane. Is, this is a real snow speeder situation. Yeah, it, yeah. It, Russian it the, the, the Soviet planes the were better movie. made, so they didn't require a second person. I don't know enough. I, I, I have, that's not probably true. not true. <laughs> I don't know how planes work either. <laughs> clearly, yeah. I don't actually know the exact reason why the Tomcat needed two people. But I know the 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 person in the back's called the the Rio, the radar right. intercept officer, and they're the one who, you know, they they watch yeah. the they watch the radar for enemy planes and stuff like that, and you know, kind of help the pilot, you know, gauge where the enemy is and stuff like that, right? Stuff well, like that. So, but that, that makes sense. You got someone a like visually able to watch your back, but also mm-hmm. able to handle all the instruments that you may not be able to pay attention to. Yeah, uh, in the middle of you know, and you, a dog I mean, fight. you also have to keep in mind this is an older plane. You know, modern planes are a lot easier to pilot by yourself or uh, with no pilots. So, but maybe well, we yeah. call those drones. Planes don't need pilots, kids. Remember that. Well, I mean, if, if there are any kids left in your region lack. of the world, <laughs> what? Oh my god! <laughs> Andrew got it. He did it. He did the thing. <laughs> I did. I'm just gonna make a compilation. <laughs> After we're done with this podcast, like with the entire podcast, just like a four-hour compilation of me just going, what? To everything Mason says. That's fair. But uh, we also meet my favorite character in this one, Stinger, the 
you know, the commander. Oh, right. I, I love that guy. Why is he your favorite? I barely remember him. But he's got the most <laughs> quotable lines. You know, if you screw up just this much, just this much. You're making a very Italian gesture. That's what he did in the movie. <laughs> You'll be it's flying. racist to call that an Italian gesture. <laughs> You'll be if flying. If you mess up, I'll buy this so much. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Italy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> You'll be flying a cargo plane full of rubber dog shit out of Hong Kong. You'll be flying a pizza full of pepperoni out of Pepperoni and dog shit. Cutting all this out. I'm cutting this out. I also like his other Doug, cut this out. Doug is me. I feel that his most quotable line was take me to bed or lose me forever. That is not that character's line. but that's And then weirdly enough, he's also the character who says, show me the way home, honey. Yeah. But... The important thing that happens here, though, is um, Cougar's got some serious trauma issues and uh, is really freaked out, and that just works to uh, works to Maverick's benefit, and he gets to go to America's Next Top Gun. Yeah, that was a really mean way of saying that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow. I was like, oh, wow, this is a bummer. Like, are we going to talk about like, Basically, PTSD? <laughs> oh, no, because we get rid of that character real quick. We don't have to talk about PTSD. Well, basically what happens here, <laughs> since the recap didn't really cover it, is there's, they go up against two MiGs, and the, one of the MiGs get behi- gets behind Cougar and is a better pilot than him because he mm-hmm. can't shake him. Because he's Soviet. Mason, you're ruining the podcast again. You're doing the same thing you did last time. We're going to have to re-record again. No, we're not re-recording anything else. I guarantee that. Anyways. Top Gun is going to be our worst episode of this podcast. It's going to be great. He, he can't shake the pilot, and the pilot has missile lock on him, so he, you know thinks he's about to die or whatever and he just can't get over that and you know that's understandable no and it also is. it is also maverick is not as much of a dick <laughs> as you made him out to be because like it said in here he was ordered to land by the commander mm-hmm. and he took back off to go and rescue cougar because cougar wasn't able to make it back to the ship on his own because he was too shaken up he's a good guy he's a good guy he's friend, best friends with cougar yes. after the trip to tijuana he, yeah <laughs> no no he, he, <laughs> He legitimately did go and help him help him get back down onto the ship, and it's a legitimately good thing that he did. Yeah, and we also get a little bit of a, a little bit of hints at backstory with Maverick when he's talking to the commander when he's getting chewed out for going to save Cougar mm-hmm. about how like you know his family name is not the best in the Navy, and you know he's he they said something about him hooking up with an admiral's daughter and he's been put in hack twice which nice. means which means he's been confined to quarters so it's clear that but you know that the commander also says something about you know you're a hell of an instinctive pilot maybe even too good so it's like you, you really get a lot with just this little scene where it's like he's clearly a really gifted pilot but he's also got a lot of attitude yeah, issues got a lot wish, of ego there yeah i wish i could take you out of the air but you're so goddamn good maverick and, and he's so goddamn hot i mean you can even see like you know he's take me to better lo- <laughs> lose me maverick <laughs> show me the way home this Commander. is not a Vince nightmare right now <laughs> yeah, i'm the He's only so excited, one like show us a thing that he loves i'm and the only holds. one trying to do the podcast you guys are just bullshitting i hate both of you <laughs> so much oh my god this is gonna be the podcast that breaks us up i thought it was gonna be the one where we argued about murder <laughs> <laughs> or the one where me and mason get into it about his bullshit risky business theory <laughs> yes but it turned out to just be the one where Donovan loved this airplane movie, and Mason and I can't stop bullshitting about it. Well, incidentally, actually, bringing up risky business, I'm pretty sure this all takes place 
<laughs> I'm not going to continue. <laughs> Let's just go. Let's oh, just what if going. I was an Air Force pilot? Oh, yeah. I'm still honking it in my room. I'm still 16 years old. Oh, no, no. It's Goose's wife's fantasy. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Thank you. All right. At the bar the day before Top Gun starts, Maverick, assisted by Goose, unsuccessfully approaches a woman. He learns the next day that she is Charlotte Charlie Blackwood, an astrophysicist and civilian Top Gun instructor. She becomes interested in Maverick upon learning of his inverted maneuver with the MiG-28, which disproves U.S. intelligence on the enemy aircraft's performance. During Maverick's first training sortie, he defeats instructor Lieutenant Commander Rick Jester Heatherly, but through reckless flying, breaks two rules of engagement, and is reprimanded by Chief Instructor Commander Mike Viper Metcalf. Maverick also becomes a rival to top student Lieutenant Tom Iceman Kazansky, who considers the Maverick's flying dangerous. Charlie also objects to Maverick's aggressive tactics, but eventually admits that she admires his flying and omitted it from her reports to hide her feelings for him, and the two begin a romantic relationship. Join the Navy, become a pilot, fuck your hat teacher. Let's go. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good summary of how this went. Um, I moved my pop filter <laughs> while I was talking. I hope that didn't mess anything up. Yeah, Andrew, I think you may have lost that loving feeling. I love that scene. I'm sorry. It's, no, it's I a great scene. scene. It really is. It's legitimately that much. Wait, oh, what is okay. this? Uh, oh, he really doesn't what? remember much. I really don't. Uh, it's, it's when they're <laughs> in the bar. Recap ba- is helping me a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's when they're in the bar and he approaches Charlie. Oh and yeah, and him and him and Goose. Him and Goose have like this choreographed thing where like Goose like acts like someone who's going to make him go away and stop bothering her, and then they both break out into a duet of. She's lost that love and feeling, and then the entire bar full of Navy pilots all start singing it. Because yeah, all men are conspiring to harass you. And I, I say that jokingly. Like it, it, was, it was legitimately a good scene. It's a great line. But the, yeah. It's a great the, move. The, the, way, the, way that you, uh, the way that you describe that as him pretending to be someone who's going to chase him away just... I mean, it's true. I mean, it might be point. a little creepy from the woman's perspective. <laughs> it's like, it's it might like, be hey, like, hey, oh, hey don't worry, I'll whole... take care of this. And then they break into a duet. <laughs> I mean, I would feel a little bit creeped out if an entire bar like broke out singing okay. to me, trying to get me to sleep with the guy or whatever. Yeah. But it would also be really cool. That's true. Let's also talk about a couple of little weird things that happened this one because there's there's a the whole thing that led to him approaching this woman is like they're talking about a bet that they do that mm-hmm. Goose and Maverick do, and it's like you have to have carnal knowledge of a lady this time on the premises, and I'm like. It's a little weird, but <laughs> like they have Wait, this weird... the military's homophobic in the eighties. Yeah, well, I mean, this entire movie is just a naval recruitment tool. So oh, yeah, yeah, they've got to make it clear that homosexuality <laughs> is frowned upon. Or if you consider the volleyball scene, it's a tool for us gays to recruit people into yeah gayness, which is also they did sneak that gay agenda in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, gay agenda. Step one: gay marriage. (laughs) Step two: brunch. You know, I've heard some interviews with Tony Scott, the director. I legitimately think he doesn't understand how homoerotic that volleyball (laughs) scene is. Like, he thinks it's just like masculine and great and hanging out with your boys and stuff like that. The boys, yeah, exactly. And we'll get to a little bit of that later. (laughs) Okay, but all right, I'm good. I have a thing for later then. Yes, (laughs) but there's also another little creepy thing here. When after he's rejected by Charlie, he follows her into the women's restroom to try to get her to sleep with him in the women's restroom. Don't do that. Oh, and he he, like presses on the counter. Yeah. This, this is stable. We yeah. can do it here. Yeah, she does like, yo, what do you want to do? Just just drop down on the floor and go for it? And he's like, well, I actually had this counter in mind. 
but he said it all charismatic and Tom Cruise like, yeah, so yeah, yeah. it was charming instead of being creepy. But actually, it was creepy. <laughs> yeah, it was. Like, it's the requisite '80s movie one creepy movement, uh, uh-huh. one creepy sex moment. But again, the whole movie isn't built around it, so that's true. Good for yeah. an '80s movie. Yeah, there you go. This it is beats like, out some of the other is, creepy ass. This 80s is kind of the watched. one. This is kind of the one maybe a little bit creepy scene and after that it just it moves on so yeah it's pretty good going forward yeah pr- pretty pretty solid for a for an 80s movie also uh i like this instructor or not the, i guess she's not an instructor right what is she she's like a contractor with well, the she's Pentagon a teacher like she's a teacher she, she, there. Well, they, they call her a civilian contractor yeah she's basically a, a she's a civilian uh who's got a lot of qualifications who they bring in to be an instructor but she's not actually military right she yeah. just knows a lot about plane specs and things from the sound of it and yeah, she she has she has a lot of security clearance and stuff like that, and which is kind of a point that they bring up a lot. Right. Where she does this little, where you know Maverick's being his cocky asshole self, and she's like, he's like, I have security clearance. The Pentagon makes sure I know more than you. And he's like, well, it doesn't seem like seem like it in this case now, does it? And then he gives this little smile, and you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. That scene is early on with her because I think it's it's good that she is a character who is super knowledgeable and mm-hmm. also like sort of an authority figure because she's teaching that class right so on the one hand that's maverick's whole thing in the beginning is that he maybe sometimes needlessly rebels against authority and structure mm-hmm. um, but also he's like i want to make thick and the warm with this lady <laughs> so you know if, a little if big you mouth are, reference for you guys <laughs> wrote, yeah i'm not just being a gross fucking creep uh, this is from a cartoon referencing show for a show about sex education for kids um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, but so he also wants to, you know, make sweet, sweet love uh, to this down by the fire. He sees. So if he wants to romantically pursue somebody, you have to sort of, um, you know, respect them a little bit and see yourself as sort of their equal. So it's a good mechanism for his character to begin to grow at the mm-hmm. beginning of the movie. Sure. And, and all through this, they're showing like Maverick's real, uh, I guess, arrogance mm-hmm. with, with it, like sitting there with the pilots like, yeah, I'm going to win this thing. No big deal. Uh, his arrogance with her in multiple situations, both at the bar and in the bathroom, and <laughs> and, and and in the little uh, lecture class, whatever that was. Yeah, with that hardcore sexual tension. Yeah, mm, maybe on between his him ends. and Iceman. <laughs> well, uh, yes, of course. That's <laughs> that's, what, that's right. That's, that's right. clearly yeah. what I was talking about. Speaking of which, Iceman's also great because he's, you know, I feel like in some ways, I mean, I was watching this movie. I just assumed he was kind of the villain of this movie. But Mm. I think the movie cleverly has no villain other than the internal issues that Tom Cruise has to struggle with. The villain is U.S. imperialism. And honestly, Iceman. It's really not, though. That's an issue with the movie. (laughs) Yeah, no, it is. Mm. Well, Iceman kind of is played like the movie's kind of trying to play him as almost like a like a secondary antagonist. Like, obviously, I guess the Soviets are the main antagonist because this came out around the Cold War time. But. You know, yeah. but again, they're not like they're not like a ever present enemy in the movie. Yeah, yeah. But really, the the main antagonist you see is Iceman. And really, if you actually like take yourself out of like the perspective they're showing in the movie and think about Iceman, he's not a bad guy at all. Like he's no, not at he's, all. he's 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 a prick. He's at mean, times a little bit. He's he's kind of got that that personality where he kind of comes across as an asshole. But really, his he has frosted tips. He's the bad guy. Okay. He doesn't have frosted tips. <laughs> That's Hollywood. Or uh, Wolfman, sorry. Hollywood's the one with the oh, sweeped it? back hair. Yeah. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah. He's all right. He's got oh I mean he's he's got his blonde, you know, spiky, fancy hair. Anyways, I don't know why we're talking <laughs> about people's hair. But well, if you think about it like 
I mean, he kind of comes across as a little bit of a prick, but if you really think about it, he's just a really, really good pilot. Like they keep calling, that's why his call sign is Iceman is because he's ice cold. Like he, he does no emotion when he's flying and everything like that. And he just wears, he, that's what some goose says something like he, he, he down, wears you make down, mistakes and something make, like make that. a mistake, do something stupid. And he's gotcha, something like that. Mm. And his whole problem with Maverick is Maverick is like the complete opposite of that. He's, you know, fly by the seat of his pants, you know, like he does, he's, his technique is kind of, they, they kind of go over it a lot is an abnormal technique where they keep talking about like, Oh, no one should ever do that. But unfortunately it worked and stuff like that. Like he's kind of like this, natural pilot that doesn't really follow regulations but is still and it's a bad boy who plays by his own rules i mean yeah and so, pretty I mean, much yeah if you, <laughs> yeah if you look at that from ice fans perspective or that's exactly the kind of person that you wouldn't want up there flying with you right yeah he says multiple who's... times in this movie that when you when you're up there you're dangerous like you fly dangerous that's why i don't like you and then maverick's just like that's right i am dangerous Iceman. Yeah. So also also a good point to this movie, you know, in my opinion, is Iceman. Yeah. He's a lesser movie would have just made him a villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And an- another point I wanted to bring up about Charlie is I, I also remember reading somewhere that the original idea for the female character was just like your normal kind of ditzy bimbo girl. And the studio actually... Normal ditzy bimbo girl. Well, you know, in these 80s <laughs> yeah, movies. like yeah. You know, you know how those bro. women be. But no, they decided to go a different direction to make her actually an intelligent character who's actually a lot more intelligent than the male lead. You know, he's just kind of i mean he's, he's a child in a lot of ways yes yes very much so but i, I thought but that, that's yeah. what she wants i thought that was a smart <laughs> yep that's what all women want right you need to be really smart and successful and you just want to you know help a man emotionally mature they just need a project to work on but you know i think that was a smart decision because it took her from being this you know kind of one-dimensional female love interest to actually being a well-rounded character who actually you actually care about too you know yeah, no, that, that's something I like. And again, they, they do that with the instructors, too, is that it's all of these characters who would be really two-dimensional characters in a lesser story. You actually, you feel like they're real people. Yeah, yeah. and that's actually a big pitfall with a lot of these action movies, especially back in the 80s, is that the females are just there to be the damsel in distress or the love interest, and they don't really add anything to the movie. You can take them out in the movie, it's just fine on its own, and... I, I think that's actually a really big strength to this to this movie is that she's actually like a legitimate character. I saw yeah. something the other day that was, I don't know, some post about like, you know, there's like the Bechdel test, which is the, you know, did you have uh, two women in y- your movie talk to each other about something other than a man, right? Mm-hmm. And then it was giving like higher versions of that test. And one of them was like, could you have replaced uh, a female character with just a sexy lamp? <laughs> <laughs> that's a test that you have to pass because if not then you've done a or if so then you've done a bad job and you need to go write an actual yeah, person you know what top gun can pass that test lamp. yeah no it can that's why again well i, I like I, I don't she's, know she's part of character growth for him right mm-hmm. that's what makes her a good you could probably character. you could probably replace viper with a sexy lamp well that's not even true but <laughs> i don't even remember who viper is <laughs> he's, like, he's like he's like, like slider. you could have made slider a sexy lamp right? <laughs> yeah, yes actually <laughs> legitimately yes out of him I mean, Slider's just there to sit behind Iceman in the plane. Yeah, but it's like if the whole function and of, play volleyball. Of the only woman in your movie is just to be a, a sexy thing for the man to be motivated by. That's not great. And I think that's a lot of things I see in the '80s action movies too, mm-hmm. that you were talking about. Yeah, and and speaking of Viper and uh, the person just under him, Jester, they're kind of the two people running Top Gun. Like Viper's in in charge of everything, and then Jester is kind of his second in command. 
um, they have this first little uh, sortie is what they call him where Jester is pretending like he's an enemy fighter and you kind of see flashes of brilliance of flying from uh, from Maverick. From you, Maverick. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Mason. Yeah. But no, you get this scene where like Jester's flying behind him and he does this thing where it's like, oh, hit the brakes and he'll fly right by. And then he hits it and his plane pops up and then Jester flies underneath him and, you know, all of a sudden he's on the aggressive. And even Jester's like, Jesus Christ, I'm like freaking out about it. So these things have brakes? Yeah. But then he fucks up twice with his uh, breaking yeah. rules of engagement. He They have the hard deck <laughs> where you're not supposed yeah. to engage in combat below a certain. Um, height because that's mm-hmm. it's dangerous and he completely breaks that like yeah. blatantly and then he does a flyby on the tower which is also expressly forbidden well in the navy so well i think the um the hard deck thing he actually only broke for like a second but i think that was a point but, well but yes he, they he, knew he knew he was doing it yeah he he went below the hard deck and immediately turned his guns on jester which was expressly forbidden and that's he gets chewed out by viper here so and iceman well yeah iceman's does this whole oh, below the hard deck doesn't count yeah, below the hard deck doesn't count there's no points for second play yeah iceman is kind of a prick <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm gonna be an iceman defender here because he seems he's like the hottest he's, x-man could be as good of a pilot as maverick and it just also doesn't need to break rules to win well i I think the, he's the Obi Wan Kenobi to Mavericks Anakin. I guess, yeah, and and in the same same vein as that, you know, in terms of like from like the technical aspect of stuff like that, Iceman is a perfect pilot, and Maverick is not. But Maverick could actually be the better pilot in terms of just like natural raw ability and stuff like that. So, and you, you see that this whole time they're they're one and two in the Top Gun standings, and it kind of implied that they're kind of running away with it, just the two of them but they have such opposite styles, which is really why they butt heads this entire movie. Well, until the end. And then it's all nice and happy. Spoilers. All right, podcast over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's the thing. Right. That's it. I'm not going to do my my joke about how we're ending the podcast that I did twice in the span we, of about we, we, one minute <laughs> in Legend. Uh, so it made me cringe a little bit. Anyways, moving on. That okay, God. so that's the podcast? God damn it. <laughs> During a training right, store. So oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> During a training sortie, Maverick abandons his wingman Hollywood to chase Viper, but is defeated when Viper maneuvers Maverick into a position from which his wingman Jester can shoot down Maverick from behind, demonstrating the value of teamwork over individual prowess. Maverick and Iceman, now direct competitors for the Top Gun trophy, chase an A4 in a later training engagement. Maverick pressures Iceman to break off his engagement so he can shoot it down, but Maverick's F-14 flies through the jet wash of Iceman's aircraft and suffers a flame-out of both engines, going into an unrecoverable flat spin. Maverick and Goose eject, but Goose hits the jettisoned aircraft canopy headfirst and is killed. Alright, so major bummer, because I don't know that we talked about this yet, but Goose is the best. Yeah, we, yeah this recap really hasn't gone over Goose. Goose yet. is like the great supportive friend who has a beautiful mustache that everyone <laughs> needs in their life. He really rocks that mustache. <laughs> I thought you were going to say beautiful wife or beautiful relationship with his wife, and you said mustache <laughs> instead. Yeah, his, he also has that, and his <laughs> he's wi- his wife, a very good family man. His wife was played by Meg Ryan in her film debut. Oh, really? Yes. This is her first movie she's ever been in. Yeah. But, but you um, only get a couple scenes with them, but their relationship is really cool. Mm-hmm. Makes you like him a lot more. He has a kid. He's really funny. And Gives fun some to of the be best around. lines in the movie. Yeah. He's also, he's also ex- extremely opposite 
of Maverick, but yes. in in a way that melds like him and Iceman are opposites and and they butt heads, but this one's like they're polar opposites that kind of attract, they sort are. of tempers Mavericks. Yeah, edge. Well, basically he's you know he's the wholesome family guy and all that stuff, and he's he's goofy well, and about as wholesome as you can be while singing about sex in front of your kid. Well, okay, but that was a fun <laughs> uh, scene a too. It was. It was podcast. great. No, I, I agree. I agree. But like, that's yeah, not sex in front of your kid. Positive podcast. <laughs> okay, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, no, don't. But anyways, you know, Goosey. He's kind of the comic relief, but you know, there's some serious moments too, where you know, I think after the flyby, or maybe it was after he left the wing. Anyways, there, it's kind of like the low point. For mm-hmm. them, obviously, before Goose dies, that's the big low point. But right. they kind of, I think it's after they get chewed out by Viper. Is he, he sits down with Maverick at night and he's like, he's like, he's like, man, like, I, I know it's tough for you, you know, being Duke Mitchell's kid, kind of this mystery about his father. You, that they kind of build up like Maverick has daddy issues. Yeah. Something about, something about his dad who was a naval pilot and like screwed up was like the, the rumor or something like mm-hmm. that. And so he, his family name has kind of a bad reputation. And so Goose is like, you know, genetically a fuck up. Oh my God. (laughs) Anyways, Goose is like, you know, I know it's tough for you, but you know, I can't afford to blow this and all that. And then Maverick's like, you know, I won't let you down. You're the only family I got and everything. Yeah. It really shows how close they were in a lot of ways, but which makes, which makes Goose death such a, such a rough, such a rough thing for Maverick. Especially since that's during a training exercise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And And it, it was not directly, but it was, a, a lot of it was because of Maverick's cockiness and aggressiveness and desire to win the trophy and all this stuff that, because, you know, he's pressuring Iceman to move because they're up in the training sortie together and they're one and two and he's, you know, you know, move Iceman or whatever. And then that causes him to fly into a bad situation and it ends right. up killing Goose. So um, I think he took that really hard. This is really the, the big turning point for Maverick, Maverick's attitude. Mm-hmm. This is where really when his cocky demeanor is pretty much shattered after this because he lost his, you know, his best friend is his Rio. Yeah. And so. I mean, the, the scene, the, the bit of that with him in the water, like mm-hmm. cradling goose as they're going to pick him up is pretty rough mm-hmm. and excellent honestly, acting, excellent, excellent acting, but also excellent uh, cinematography there mm-hmm. too. The, the lighting was pretty perfect for <sighs> you and your lighting. <laughs> I know, I know it's, it's, <laughs> It, it, it's important, though, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a quality it's like 50% technical of cinematography. Yeah, it, it is. Right, it is. Roger Deakins. <laughs> yes. Like, yes, we have Roger Deakins, <laughs> uh, famed Oscar Oscar winning uh, cinematographer. I don't have much to say about <laughs> this Tom Cruise movie, but I did want to weigh in on that matter of cinematography. <laughs> I have to go now. My people need me. Th- th- thanks, Mr. Deakins. Excelsior. <laughs> Uh, but no, like it, it was great at kind of uh, setting, definitely set the tone of that particular scene, mm-hmm. and just everything that's going on with, uh, I mean, just how painful it is for Maverick in in the moment. Mm. Yeah, and let's go back to a little bit to that we kind of skipped over that first training thing where he's up there with mm-hmm. Hollywood, and that's this is the first one where Viper is actually flying as an enemy plane, and Maverick has like this weird obsession with I'm going to be the one to take down Viper, which I don't really know why because it I don't think there's more points for taking down Viper. I guess he's just kind of a famed pilot and he wants to prove he's better, but basically, you know, ditches Hollywood yeah. to to fight the enemy fighter by themselves, which is not really the way that they're supposed to do things. They're supposed to have each other's back and everything. And he's just like, no, I only care about this. And it's another another incident of 
Maverick's cocky attitude getting him in into bad situations. So. Yeah, that's not mm-hmm. the guy that you want up there next to you, right? Is the guy who's chasing after exactly personal yeah. glory instead right. of like trying to work as a team toward a goal. Yeah, and we get another good scene with him and Iceman, uh, a very sexy scene where everyone's in the yeah. shower and they're tidy whities. But anyways, <laughs> um, there's there's a scene where he's like, you know, it's not your flying. It and it's not it, you're not just dangerous. You're dangerous and foolish, which makes you like worse than the enemy. And right. once again, this is another scene with with Iceman where it's kind of played off like Iceman's being a dick. But actually, in this scene, even like the tone that Iceman's using, I don't really see him coming off as a dick. Like he's actually like legitimately he's, concerned about the way Maverick's been flying and yeah. stuff like that. He's trying to explain the problem here, and he's he's you know aggressive about it but yeah but i mean warranted you, kinda, you have to be i mean yeah. this is this is a guy that you're going to be flying against you, you real don't enemies have to be with. donnie like, that's the toxic masculinity speaking i mean it's the military mason they're aggressive yeah i know be aggressive be, uh, okay be aggressive. uh something i do want to point out <laughs> so because for all we, you mc mr napkin heads out there <laughs> something i do want to point out though i don't because, even understand the reference <laughs> that's what that's what it's yeah, wait where do you get it from like I think, bring it on! Oh, really, damn it! <laughs> oh, Shit. okay, yeah, I was, I was with you. Okay, okay. Anyway, okay, guys, buzz the podcast right now. Oh no, my god, unsubscribe! Oh Never my god. To Why do you do this? Stop going <laughs> to YouTube and look up MC Mister Napkins aggressive B and realize where that reference probably didn't actually come from. But it's a good song. You know, you telling people to unsubscribe is why we can't get more subscribers. I don't think that's it, honestly. Yeah. We have like a thousand subscribers, but um, one of the hosts keeps telling them to unsubscribe, yeah. and they're like, okay, yeah, fine. And he's like, 180 I mean, of them just listen to me. He is legitimately the most trustworthy of us. I mean, that's what I want you to think. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, no. Okay, but no, we, we, need, to, we need to kind of uh, circle back a little bit. Because I'm pretty sure we've skipped over the volleyball scene at this we, point. We have, yes. And that's not okay. Because this is a plot summary, and in terms of actual plot, that did nothing for the film. It was very important. It was very important character building. It just reaffirms the thing we already know, that the him hot. and Iceman are rivals. And even when they play homoerotic volleyball, they're still rivals. Yeah, but it builds the All characterization right. of them as hot. Let's talk about this homoerotic volleyball, okay? <laughs> I feel like... I feel like, okay, on the one hand, I feel like the homoeroticism of this volleyball scene, which is well-known in popular culture, is, <laughs> is overblown. Well, I think, and, I think part of that's that the term homoerotic gets thrown around a lot anyway. Well, right. But it, it, it reminds me of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure where everyone's uh-huh. like, it's really homoerotic. And you watch and it's like, it's just dudes with muscles. That's kind of what <laughs> the volleyball scene is. And it's like, I mean, sure, it's a little fun to watch. But it's probably like a three on the scale of homoeroticism. And it's only great well, for all of us gays out there because because we don't get much man service in movies and we need more of it but also i've been watching a gif of slider posing literally <laughs> the entire time that we were recording this podcast so take that for what you will well right. i think what it when it, why people say that is because like you know it's shirtless muscular dudes there's no women even watching the volleyball game it's all dudes shirtless muscular dudes covered in baby oil and Slider, that, that fucking pose by Slider. Oh, I know. Go look it up, guys. Go it's, unsubscribe it's all that. Just it, go look it up. It cuts to Slider. He does the sexy pose, and then it cuts away from him. What the fuck? That was a, that was a straight up Thad Castle move right there. I mean, I get. Why is he posing? <laughs> I don't understand. Well, I mean, and I think I think part of this is that um, you know. 
people in general who may may think of themselves as straight uh, saw this scene and got a little like a weird feeling about all the muscly men, and they're mm. like, "How do how do I dismiss this as homoerotic?" Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just saying they need to crank <laughs> it up on this scene. Yeah. It needs to be twice as long. Someone's got to accidentally make out with someone. Exactly. There's more gotta be, feet. They gotta like more re- feet shots. This isn't directed by Quentin Tarantino. Okay. <laughs> God damn it with the fucking springs. (laughs) Jesus Christ. But anyways, I I used to think, like I said, with, with the director, I don't think he understand, understand, like he, the way that the volleyball scene came across, I think is completely different than what Tony Scott envisioned in his head. Um, Part of that might also be the Kenny Loggins song. (laughs) That is true. But once again, we'll talk about that a little more in the trivia section. But, uh, yes, yes, that is the song. But, uh, (laughs) All right, I'll give you that. <laughs> but anyway, anyways, I kind of I I kind of thought this volleyball scene was kind of put in along with the romance story arc to kind of attract female viewers to the movie. But after listening, because I mean, you know, if just on the surface, this is just a straight up action like manly movie, like uh-huh. oh, it's manly men doing manly things and stuff you, like yeah. that. Planes but, are manly. Yeah, but they added in giant flying. They fantasies. added in the the male fan service. As you said, man you know, service, man service. There you go, <laughs> and then uh, you know the the romance scene. I kind of thought those were tacked in to kind of attract you know a wider, broader audience. But after mm-hmm. listening to Tony Scott, I don't really think it was. I think maybe that was an inadvertent thing that happened. But right, I I, I don't think Tony Scott understands how these scenes come across. No, Tony Scott is just extremely movie. straight. He doesn't get it at all. I mean, I yeah. guess he wrote to us and he wants everybody to know that he loves his wife. A lot. <laughs> Yeah, we we wrote we actually emailed him with uh, with a lot of questions about technical aspects of the movie, and that's all he sent back. Yeah, it's just, I love just my wife. <laughs> he loves his wife. He wants to let us know that it's completely normal. It's just what are you going to do? Clean your own pool? You have to have pool boys, otherwise, who's going <laughs> to clean the pool? And it's really hot outside, so they don't need to wear a shirt. And what oh. are they going to wear? Long pants? And all I have are these hot pants for them to wear. <laughs> and here, here, you need some lemonade and maybe well, some oil. We've are. Is it a crime? to have a pool now <laughs> we're already not going to get tom cruise on the podcast now we're officially not going to get tony scott to come in when we watch the second tom cruise movie he does days of thunder which spoiler alert is top gun but with nascar oh it sounds great <laughs> is this guy related to ridley scott yes they're brothers hmm. that's actually how would you say that he's the eli manning of the family yes i would <laughs> okay. absolutely but this that's is, a sports reference, and I don't understand. Hmm. Uh, Peyton Manning is a very good at football, and Eli Manning is not very good at football. <laughs> Yay! Thanks. Sorry, Giants fans, but I'm not because I hate you. Anyways, um, but no, that's how Tom Cruise got this role. It's because he was Legend was directed by Ridley Scott, and that Ridley, uh, I guess, was in discussion with the movie with his brother, and he's like, "Hey, you know who might be good for this role? This guy." you know he kicked satan real good or yeah. he tried to darkness <laughs> <laughs> but back on the romance plot which which was brought up here just a moment ago mm-hmm. um we also kind of miss it really it's kind of glossed it's a over plot here summer i know i know well the romance plot is part of the plot it's honestly not that big of part of the plot well, okay, so there's a, really. po- there's a point in this before Goose's uh, untimely demise mm. uh, where he's sitting in a class and he tells them a move that he thinks they should do or, you know, Maverick. 
Oh yeah, he Maver- Maverick's preferred move in this situation, and then uh, his lady friend, whose name I'm Charlie. On. Charlie, that's it. Uh, oh, Charlie bit my finger. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> on my cocaine and Charlie bit my <laughs> oh finger. My so she tells him that's wrong, and then he has a temper tantrum, well, rides off on his motorcycle. And she chases him down doing equally ridiculous things with her car, which are actually probably even more ridiculous considering it's a car and not a motorcycle. And they catch up and they make up and it's beautiful and loving. And I guess, I don't know. It's, so, it seems like a really weird... Ending. That was a very skeletal recap, so I will, <laughs> I will recap Thanks, Daddy. Uh, more detailed. Uh, so what happens is they're <laughs> sitting in and they're watching like uh, on the computer screen... Um, Either a, either a simulator thing that they did or maybe just a, a recap of one of the sorties that they did. Mm-hmm. And basically it's showing Maverick and Viper's kind of getting onto him like, you made a bad choice here. And then she says something like, oh, you performed this maneuver? Like, that's the last thing you should do. And yeah, then, but it worked. And then he's, she's, she's like, what were you thinking? And he's like, you don't have time to think up there. And she's kind of insults him a little bit. Like, well, that's a pretty big gamble with a $14 million aircraft or something like that. And says that this is one of those things I was talking about where it's an unorthodox technique, but she says, you know, unfortunately the gamble worked. The the enemy never got a clean shot, but we should use that as an example of something not to do. But basically it's one of those things where it's like, and I think that's what she says when they meet up. Mm-hmm. She says like she had to. She yeah. had to say this. She can't let her, uh, let her feelings for him and his sexy, sexy body mm. get in the way of her job. And her did she did she bring up her possible promotion here? I think that's where this comes up. No, she talks about that at a uh, the dinner at her house. Oh, okay, that's right. But uh, but yeah, what what he's mad about is you know they've been doing this romantic thing, and then she basically insults his flying and says that and kind of implies that you know he doesn't care about the plane or the person flying with him and all that. He's he's dangerous and reckless, and. Then they speed off, both being very dangerous and reckless. Um, <laughs> and she says... With Goose on the back of his motorcycle, no, doing his Rio thing. No. Watching the radar on the motorbike. But this is where she says, you know, I see some real genius in your flying. But she can't say that in there because... And this is where she professes her love mm-hmm. for him or whatever. And then they then and they, 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 they bone down. We, again, <laughs> again with Goose behind them doing his Rio thing. Oh, my thing. God. <laughs> Teachers don't have sex with your students. <laughs> Even if they're sexy I mean, Navy students. Especially if they're sexy <laughs> Navy students. You tell them you only go for nice Army boys. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to move on. <laughs> Although the Board of Inquiry clears Maverick of responsibility for Goose's death, he is overcome by guilt and his flying skill diminishes. Charlie and others attempt to console him, but Maverick considers retiring. He seeks advice from Viper, who reveals that he served with Maverick's father, Duke Mitchell, on the USS Oriskany and was in the air battle in which Mitchell was killed. Contrary to official reports which faulted Mitchell, Viper reveals classified information that proves Mitchell died heroically and informs Maverick that he can succeed if he can regain his self-confidence. Maverick chooses to graduate, though Iceman wins the Top Gun trophy. During the graduation party, Viper calls in the newly graduated aviators with the orders to deploy. Iceman, Hollywood, and Maverick are ordered to immediately return to Enterprise to deal with a crisis situation, providing air support for the rescue of a stricken ship that has drifted into hostile waters. Cricket noises. (laughs) (laughs) 
dead air, dead air, dead air. I mean, I don't know what to say. This that's all certainly things that happened. Um, he was. <laughs> I mean, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, those are all things that happened. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I think Viper may have committed some serious crimes there, uh, revealing classified information, uh, and also Ariskany made up word. It's not real. The it's USS not a real Ariskany thing. was the ship that John McCain was on when he got <laughs> captured and sent to the Hanoi Hilton. It is a real ship. <laughs> Wait, is it really? Yes. I told oh you this God. movie was about John McCain. <laughs> Is this movie about John McCain? No. In one of his many plane crashes. This isn't even set during Vietnam. It's set during the Cold War. And in the, in the sequel, in Top Gun 2, he's, it's going to talk about the time that he blacked out uh, Spain. Well, maybe. We'll have to wait to see. <laughs> uh, Top Gun 2. <laughs> that ship was named for the Battle of Ariskany. Is that a the thing? Revolutionary War. Oh, okay. So Ariskany is a place, not a word that means things. Okay. So, <laughs> take that, Ariskany. <laughs> Places can be words that mean things. I was about to say, doesn't that make it a word that means something? <laughs> it means that place. But so through through this whole the whole thing, Maverick has a pretty tough time. <laughs> Why are you saying that? Like that? <laughs> it's it's my best Sarah Palin impression. It's not oh, okay. <laughs> You're going rogue over there, <laughs> Joe Six Pack. Uh, <sighs> was so bad. That's, it was that's, really bad. That's, wor- that's worse than Andrew's impressions. <laughs> Sweetie, no. <laughs> anyway. We're not good at impressions, folks, in case you haven't figured that out. I'm Mike O'Kane, and I'm very bad at them. <laughs> I admit it was me doing Roger Deakins all along. <laughs> I have to go now. My people need me. Michael. Michael, get out of our house. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Although I do feel like your Jason Garrett voice was pretty spot on. <laughs> <laughs> I could be Kermit the Frog, or I could be Jason Garrett. Who knows? It also or works for Patrick Jordan Peterson. Mahomes. I don't actually know what Jason Garrett sounds like, so <laughs> I don't believe you that this is it's, a good impression. It's actually oh, much no. closer it's, to Jordan Peterson. It's absolutely not what he sounds like, but oh, it's, no. it's what he looks like. So. Oh, <laughs> am I red in the face? Anyway, uh, my people need me. I have to go. Bye. Anyways, back to the movie. <laughs> right. Oh, what was I? Oh, right. Maverick's having a very hard time with with all this, which is understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, he tried to go up again with Merlin. Uh, Merlin's who he teams up with at the battle at the end. But that's uh, right. No, he goes up with Sundown. Okay, all right, because he's sundowning, right? Um, Might be something racist <laughs> there. He is an African American. I'm going to. <laughs> yeah. This is kind of I'm a just another. Hope that it's uh, not. It's kind of another Brown Tom situation. Uh, okay, but let's go, all right, let's so, not talk about that. So Brown character. Tom, Brown Tom was named for the color of his hair or pants. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, he he goes up with Sundown yeah. and basically had like Jester's kind of giving him a clear shot uh-huh. and he disengages and then he kind of has a a moment where he kind of snaps at Sundown when they're walking after they land. He's like, "Oh, we could have had him, man. We could have had him." And then he, you know, you know, I'll fire when I'm goddamn good and ready you got that and you know yeah also good acting good it was acting. it was tom cruise um, is great in this movie guys but yeah he, but, i mean he's great in everything but this movie especially he has some trouble i think this is about the same time that he ends up sitting in an airport possibly going to leave or yeah he's kind of at like an airport bar like mm-hmm. packed up and everything the, if i'm not mistaken and it's been a little while since i saw this there was something weird about the about one of the extras in the background. And I think, and I'm not entirely certain, 
but I think it was that he was like picking up his drink and drinking at the exact same time <laughs> as Tom Cruise was. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't a mirror? Uh, it, was not, <laughs> it, was, it was not a mirror. <laughs> and you're just really unobservant. <laughs> Man, really I'm dumb. I'm not that dumb. Sexy, charismatic, extra in the background. <laughs> that guy's doing great. <laughs> he looks 20 years old. But no, this, this is where uh, Charlie comes and meets up with him again, and she tries to shake him out of it, and he basically tells her to fuck off, but nicer than that. But like, that was <laughs> more or less... doesn't say that at all. <laughs> no, he, he doesn't say that, but that's basically his attitude. Yeah. Well, I mean, and his whole thing is, you know, he can't do it without Goose. Like, Goose mm-hmm. was the thing that grounded him, and, you know, he just... You can't. You just can't do it without Goose. And I've actually heard a lot of stories about pilots who do have Rios, and you know where, you know, I think there's a comment made by Viper where like usually if, usually if uh, one of you dies, the other person dies. It's very rare that you know two people flying in the same plane, one of them will live, one of them will, other one of the other ones won't. But I have heard stories where that actually happens, and a lot of times those pilots end up quitting. Yeah, because it's you know, you. You live with this person, you train with this person, you're with this person all the time. They're basically family. Like, you're basically brothers at that point, and you lose them like that. So, yeah. definitely rough here. Definitely understandable from Maverick that, you know, he's considering quitting and everything like that. I think even Viper said something about that. Like, you know, there's no shame in quitting because that, yeah. that spin, that would have fucked me up too. So, yeah. Um, I also like the introduction of his dad here as like a motivating factor for him. I mm-hmm. forget if he had like been talking about it throughout the movie. They, it came up earlier, like it was mentioned. They they mentioned it in passing, and then we he has that lunch with Charlie, where um, where she asks what happened to his father, and he's like, "Well, you know, with your security clearance, I figured you'd know more about it than I do because I don't know anything." Like he he went down in a in an F four, and it was classified. So, but everyone says he messed up and. He's, you know, really confident, like, you know, now nah, he didn't screw up. My old man was a great fighter pilot and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just like this idea that just a lot of his cockiness is, I forget if it's here or later, but just introducing this idea of like that he's always thinking of his dad when he's flying and mm-hmm. feels like probably that he has to flying prove against himself. the ghost. He's flying against the, and that's even an interesting way to phrase it, right? Mm-hmm. Is that he mm-hmm. feels like he's flying against against his dad mm-hmm. and that is a lot of the reason for his his recklessness and freud would to prove himself freud would have a lot to say about this movie yeah he's he's trying to he's trying to erase the black mark on his family's name like by proving that you know the mitchells are good pilots i guess it's kind mm-hmm. of his mentality like everyone thinks you know his dad fucked up and everything and he disagrees with them and he's going to prove them wrong through yeah. his own ability and all that yeah so. yeah uh, but yeah, then uh, we get this graduation scene, which yeah, uh, he shows up very last minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's like, dressed all nice, and everyone like comes up and shakes his hand, and he congratulates Iceman. Yeah, congratulates Iceman and Slider, and showing you know. that he's learned humility mm-hmm. as opposed to his earlier arrogance. Yeah, and then they get uh, and then they get deployed. Mm-hmm. As actual, actually have to use their training. So yeah, let's get into that. Next time. Well, today's episode's over. (laughs) Next time on Cruising It, (laughs) we finish the last section of Top Gun. (laughs) 
Right now, Maverick and Merlin, Cougar's former Rio, are assigned as backup for F-14s flown by Iceman in Hollywood, despite Iceman's reservations over Maverick's state of mind. The subsequent hostile engagement with six MiGs sees Hollywood shot down. Maverick is scrambled alone due to a catapult failure and nearly retreats after encountering circumstances similar to those that caused Goose's death. Upon finally rejoining Iceman, Maverick shoots down three MiGs and Iceman one, forcing the other two to flee. Upon their triumphant return to Enterprise, Iceman and Maverick express newfound respect for each other. Offered any assignment he chooses, Maverick decides to return to Top Gun as an instructor. At a bar in Miramar, Maverick and Charlie reunite. And everyone wins in the end. Hmm. Yeah. Except Goose and his wife. Well. Okay. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And I guess his kid. Yeah. Probably yeah. his whole family and all of his friends. Uh. Too. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what? Those MiG pilots, they didn't fare so well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so um, so I like this end section. Um, this is something that again I didn't expect from this movie. I thought it was going to kind of be a dumb action movie, um, and I appreciate as a guy who really likes character arcs in movies, I like that they gave Tom Cruise like this full character arc, mm-hmm. like classic hero's journey style. You know, you get to your your low point and something in you changes, which is right. Goose dies and he gets some humility because mm-hmm. he sees the consequences. Um, not that he caused that to happen, but just the that shit can go bad. Yeah. Um, and then, but then at that point, you know, I like that at the low point, he's still not ready until he actually has to meet his final challenge to where he's like, Oh, I have to have confidence in myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Got to get in there. Being a dick. Confidence without the ego. Got to get in there to help or more people are going to die. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and to help, you know, to be mm-hmm. work as part of a team. Mm-hmm. And I do really, I really like this, this scene. Cause one of the things that he always said when they were flying was talk to me goose because like right. you know goose is his eyes when he's flying so he's like talk to me goose and this scene he he goes through a jet wash is able to recover this time and then immediately disengages he's basically leaving iceman to fight six mix by himself you know mm-hmm. leaving his wingman and doing all that but there's a scene where like merlin is screaming at him to get back in the fight and he's holding goose's dog tags and just whispering to himself talk to me goose talk to me goose and then that's when he re-engages so mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I really, I really enjoyed that. It was a nice scene there. Yeah, no, I like that. Cause I think that's, um, that is a, is a good parallel to earlier when he's talking about flying against his dad, mm-hmm. um, to, you know, having instead this supportive moderating voice of goose in his head. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like he's Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? Like he got struck <laughs> down, but now he's more powerful than ever. Cause he's always a part of Maverick. <laughs> he probably prefers not to be dead, but you know the point is Maverick's a better pilot now. Maverick, so is you turned Go- off your tracking. So computer. is Goose Obi Wan Kenobi or is Iceman Obi Wan Kenobi? Yeah, Goose is Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh, well, Goose is old Obi Wan Kenobi, and Iceman is young Obi Wan Kenobi. Goose is Qui Gon. Yeah, exactly. Facial so hair. Iceman. So Val Kilmer's like, going to grow up to be Anthony Edwards. Exactly. And so you know, Iceman is the one who's like, oh, hello there, and we're still flying half a ship. And then Goose is the one who's like, that's the name I've not heard in a long time. My people need me. I have to go. This is not a good Allegheny's impression anymore. I'm Russian now. Bye. Hello. I was just about to say that when you first started that, it was a really solid Alec Guinness impersonation. And I then knew you it went, was, And right? then you went Russian. And like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? Well, you know. Hello, comrade. I'm not good. Once I get We're past go the to quote. fly MiG and fight the Americanskis. <laughs> Stalin. That's not a name I've heard in a long time. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Soviet Alec Guinness is part of the podcast now. <laughs> 
So, okay, I'm getting back to the podcast now. <laughs> this is going to happen. Doug, leave it in. Leave it in, Doug. But anyways, a lot of the things that he goes through in his training comes back into play in this final fight. Like, you know, this, this whole thing where he leaves his wingman. There's a moment where he's being Iceman's wingman watching his back and a pilot, uh, another plane comes around behind him. Merlin's screaming at him like, oh, we got to get out of here. It's going to shoot at us. And he's like, I'm not leaving my wingman. You know, it shows that in kind of a hit you over the head kind of way that he learned. Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> it wasn't very like subtle, but, you know, yeah. he learned. He, he's, he's finally, because that was kind of a running theme in the training is he kept making mistakes, like stupid mistakes that he shouldn't have made. And so there's kind of a turning point, you know. He's not making the same stupid mistakes. You know, he's grow- it's showing his growth as a, as a pilot and all that. Yeah. And again, I like that they show that, you know, over time, kind of starting with, you know, his romance with the, the uh, instructor and, and the sexy on lamp. To yes. the, the sexy lamp. I, I couldn't remember her name. <laughs> Sex, yes. Miss Charlie. Sexy Charlie. Lamp. Okay, Charlie. Um, Charles. And then going right through to the end of the movie, because I feel like there's a lot of, like, lesser movies, especially action movies, where it's like, they sort of like their climax and their character turn happen at the same moment. Mm-hmm. And it's really weird. But it's nice here that they have this whole point, this whole part where he's just like, well, I've sort of been humbled now, but I just don't know how to get back to my old self. Mm-hmm. And I can't just be my old self. Mm-hmm. I have to become a completely different kind of pilot. Yeah. Uh, if I if I have one criticism about this uh, this last scene is that this whole thing about Top Gun is that pilots have become too dependent on missiles and don't use guns and dogfight and all that stuff. And then they shoot down all of the mix with missiles and none of them fire their guns. Well, to be fair, they only it, use two use missiles. God damn it. <laughs> but yeah, that's my one, that's my one criticism. It's like that they're supposed to be using their training and they're clearly not yeah. at all. I mean, I, they sort of are. You right. know, you're still doing all the stuff here. I, yeah. I do have one slight criticism as well of one thing that Maverick does at the end, which is toss Goose's dog tags into the ocean uh, as, yeah, as though his, his family might, might, yeah, his family might not want that. I mean, I, I get, I get it the symbolism of it. It letting him go and moving on. <laughs> it's, it's, don't give a shit about your kid. Or that he's incorporating <laughs> him into his own psyche Obi-Wan Kenobi style. <laughs> really pushing that Star Wars. I know, that specific, the dog tag part doesn't really track with it. What, you don't remember that part where Luke throws Obi-Wan's dog tags into space? Yeah, no, he just throws his lightsaber. He's like, I can finally let him go and throws it out. And Obi-Wan's like, no, the whole reason I died, Luke, is so I could talk to you and suck blood later. I can't do Alleginus accent anymore. So, uh, fun fact, little aside here. I listened to a guy talk about... uh, 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 voice acting for animation once for Star Wars uh-huh. and uh, he's like look the thing is when you hold auditions for voice actors for people that have been in movies before um, everybody can sound like a character if you're quoting a line that the character said and the way that you know they're good is if they can say the things that the character hasn't said and I'm really discovering that in real time right now <laughs> <laughs> as I become vampire Alec <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> leave that in, Doug. It's extremely <laughs> important. It is. But yeah, we also get this good moment with, you know, once again, also a little heavy-handed. But you know, at the end when they land back on the carrier after beating the Migs, you have the scene between him and Iceman, mm-hmm. where Iceman's like, "Oh, you're you're still dangerous, but you can be my wingman anytime." Bullshit. You can be mine, and then they bro hug it out. Yeah, and it's it's great. It's nice. And then they, but guys, you're both each other's down. wingmen. Yeah. Yeah. 
They're friends now. Why are they fighting over who gets to be the winner? They're not fighting. They're it's both a, it's a nice moment. It's a nice moment. It's part of their rivalry. Canceled. It's part of their rivalry. Wait, it's dead to me. Okay. Podcast over. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah, that's Andrew walking out. It's totally not on him the hammering table. on the table. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to get to the door. Now he's standing on the edge of the table. Trying. He, I get, he looks like he's going to try to jump to the door. <laughs> oh, God, no! <laughs> We're lying to you again. <laughs> Beautiful. The theater of the mind, A Quick, everybody. Andrew, give, give us your Al Guinness impression. <laughs> We're still flying half a ship. <laughs> I don't I even I've, know what that was. <laughs> Ringo Starr. Nope, I lost it. I lost even that. I don't have anything. You were supposed to destroy the Tsarist, not join them. I uh. want to suck Jedi blood. Oh, shit, I'm a Russian vampire now. Okay, so do y'all have anything else about the film? <laughs> Should I ask uh. Michael Caine? <laughs> All right, let's just, let's just get to the trivia section. Woo! <laughs> All right, so this is really the first blockbuster movie that we get. And this is really, you know, we, we say, you know, Risky, Risky Business is his breakout role. This is really the one that made him into an action star that he is today. Uh, $15 million budget, $356.8 million box office, which is over $800 million in today's money. That's so pretty fucking good. That's like borderline MCU level of money. So, and I, I believe this was actually the highest grossing film of 1986. Well, to be fair, so. it, uh, Marvel Studios did recently remake Top Gun. But they didn't. But also in space. Oh, my God. Anyways, uh, not super well received critically, which, I mean, I guess it's just kind of just action movie, so that makes sense. 54% critically, 83% from the public, though. So, I mean, it is, it, it is kind of just a recruitment film. Yeah, I mean, it's I, a really well-made one. I mean, it's yeah, it's pretty blatant, blatantly a navy recruitment film. Like, yeah. look how cool the navy is. Join the navy, and then you join the navy, and Yvonne it's not that cool. Age. It's not that cool because most of those people were not pilots. Yeah, they were like scrubbing down the ship, trapped, or in, a, trapped or in a submarine for. Not months. saying uh, that's bad if you're a cook and you like doing that, but you know, it's not as cool as being a fighter pilot. And you don't have to be in the navy to do that. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, you can, you can order military rations and cook those up anytime you want oh, why would you do that literally anytime <laughs> there's i'm pretty sure there's actually like a guy on youtube that does that like mm. reviews them yeah i mean that's the only way that i've been staying alive in this basement is all of those <laughs> military rations that you guys overlooked when you locked me in here the, the those are cans of dog food bud that's what for tuca <laughs> no, they're military rations <laughs> all right so stunt wise there weren't really any stunts to perform here except Flying the planes, I, I was guess. Gonna say that seems wild. Well, right? yeah. <laughs> it seems like a pretty stunt heavy movie. Yeah, I mean, did he ride? He rode the motorcycle though, right? Like that, and I mean, that's driving a vehicle, Mason. Yes, but there, there, there are stunt drivers. Driving a vehicle can be a stunt. There are stunt drivers, and he did kind of do some reckless shit in that one scene. Why well, I, I can't confirm or confirm whether or not that was actually him okay. racing through the traffic. So I guess we can say that was a stunt man. I don't think he did any of his own stunts in this movie. If you okay. want to call that a stunt, I I don't know 
for sure about that one. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Did he do his own singing? Yes, okay. unfortunately. <laughs> Which, you know, we're actually going to find out later in a musical. He's actually a pretty good singer, but not right here. Uh, but I think it's supposed to kind of be intentionally yeah. bad there. But uh, um, now I wrote down in here that he does run in this movie, but I'm having trouble thinking of when he does. So I may be wrong about that. Oh, I feel like he has to, right? I mean, contractually obligated, I'm sure. But when would that have been? Um, God, he has to at some point. Oh, he plays volleyball. Right. Uh, he runs okay. on the volleyball. Yeah, he, sure. yeah there's, there's a few times where he's running to get the ball. So there we go. We'll count that. <laughs> that that'll be our thing. I mean, there may he, be another point. But he that's... probably ran more in this movie than he did in Endless Love. But he, but percentage-wise, he ran for a lot more of his part in... Okay, well, <laughs> let's, let's just move on. All right, so uh, most of the actors who portrayed the uh, F-14 crew members actually flew up, flew in the F-14s in the, in the backseat position. Um, yeah, they and did. And actually, a lot of the scenes that appear in the movie actually have the actors in there when they're filming them. Uh, every single actor who went up vomited, except for Anthony Edwards, the actor who played Goose. So good for him. It was a mustache. Yeah. And I believe every one of like the named pilots went up, except for Val Kilmer. Like, he just refused to. Good on um, you, Val Kilmer. And uh, Tom Aren't Cruise... Good for it? Tom Cruise went up uh, three times, I believe. I think he went up the most. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah. I mean, if you have access to it, why not? Yeah. Uh, Aside I, from the vomiting, I guess. I actually... Yeah. I actually heard a rumor, I don't know if this confirmed or not, that that's actually how Tony Scott convinced him, or Jerry Bruckheimer, sorry, the producer, convinced him to do the film. It's like he really wasn't interested, but then he took him up on a into the F-14, and like he came down, he's like, I'm in. That's fucking vomit, awesome. Let's vomit covered, it. just yeah. like, yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> this is the beginning of Tom Cruise being an adrenaline junkie. Yeah, wow. and there's... There's actually another little funny story uh, on this same topic where the first time he went up, uh, he was about to throw up in the sick bag, and that's right when the pilot decided to pull a high G maneuver, <laughs> and it kind of shoved his head down between his <laughs> knees for a while. A little fun Ooh. moment there. Ooh. Fun fact of that pilot's call sign was Bozo. <laughs> <laughs> Rough. Well... Writing on the back of this film's success, which I kind of referenced not too long ago, uh, the U.S. Navy set up recruiting booths in the major cinemas to try and catch some of the adrenaline-charged guys leaving the screenings. They had the highest application rate for years as a result. It was about a 500% increase. Good God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Uh, that guys, means that they people. had 15 people apply to be in the Navy that I year. know. It's <laughs> insane. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I... <laughs> I think it like I think this really was like intended as a navy recruitment tool like oh, absolutely. Not, like that's not like a joke like I think it actually was like No, 100% because yeah. like the, the, this was at least in part funded by and I mean because it kind of had to be the uh the Department of Defense like mm-hmm. not directly but they obviously had to let them use all the equipment. Yeah. And so and you see this with a lot of other movies too is that like movies involving that kind of thing get like the uh the DOD gets some some level of script control, mm-hmm. and so they can kind of mold it to be what they want. And in this case, yeah, recruitment. Yeah, and just as, as a warning, don't don't just 
do things based on uh, on what you see on on film. Yeah, like I mean, you know, uh, when I watched Kickass for the first time, I had had a bit of a the idea to go try to fight random people in the. You're in the a, only. You're the only a, person. You're the only shitty, person. Shitty, shitty uh, Halloween costume, and it, it 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 didn't go well, folks. Just don't do it. Yeah, but I'm I'm pretty sh- I'm pretty sure that at the screenings for the movie, they actually had like a Navy commercial, like before. I know before the Navy commercial, but basically, <laughs> and I know they did on the VHS release. Like what? Like part of the previews was a a commercial, like a recruitment commercial for the for the Navy before you watched a two hour long Navy recruitment mm-hmm. commercial, pretty pretty much. But yeah. Uh, so director Tony Scott wrote a quick check for twenty five thousand dollars to the commander of the aircraft carrier. Uh, in order to capture one vital external shot. Yeah. And hey, no. fun fact, I looked up uh, in an inflation calculator how much money that would be in today's money. That would be $500,000. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, nobody tell nobody tell the uh, Soviets that they can do that. Yeah. But no, this... If you find any. I actually really... This is a hilarious story to me because basically they were, they're filming on an actual aircraft carrier, but the aircraft carrier is has a job to do. It's, you know, active duty, like, aircraft carrier fucking doing actual shit um but they were about to get a shot and like the sunlight was like perfect or whatever and frame the shot really well and then following what they were actually doing the commander turned the ship and tony scott's like no wait no i need my shot turn back and then the commander i said i think something like sarcastically like well you know it'll cost you twenty five thousand dollars to remaneuver the ship and tony scott literally wrote him a check out of his own pocket for twenty five thousand dollars you know and they turned the ship and they got the shot so. uh, i now regret lying about that number it's actually like sixty thousand dollars okay inflation since 1986 was not that crazy yeah all right yeah, that's see, still an obscene amount of money to I turn mean, yes. the ship to do one shot sure yeah you know you know what i bet though i, I bet the, the captain just like kind of turned to one of his guys on the uh on the bridge at the time just like hey hey watch this i'm gonna make some money look you see you see how hard he's worked on the shot <laughs> turning that way and uh the um the buzzing the tower the flyby scene um that's actually not something that nava pilots are ever allowed to do like at all like that's super against the rules um lame but uh they had to do they had to film it obviously so the navy pilots um drew straws to see who would get to do it which i thought was fun <laughs> um and apparently uh michael ironside who plays jester was was there when they did that and he said that the plane was so low that he could actually see the pilot inside the cockpit and he said it's like one of the most spectacular things he's ever seen mm. that, that was pretty interesting but i just think it's funny all these pilots like oh no i want to do it i want to do it i want to <laughs> do it we never get to do this <laughs> Great. You, you don't know. Maybe, maybe they all recognized how foolhardy and dangerous it was, and so they were having to draw straws to see because they didn't want to. Yeah, to see the They're unlucky like, no, guy. No, we respect the rules too much. <laughs> That's, That's why, why we're we in the navy. The navy. <laughs> Instead of the marines, <laughs> fucking loose missed, cannons. Have we missed any branches? Uh, Coast Guard. No, wait, you said Coast Guard. Coast Guard, uh, Army, Marines, Marines, Navy, and Air Force. All right, good work, everybody. <laughs> uh, Space Force. Not yet. <laughs> uh, well, well, uh, Tom Cruise, John Stockwell, and Rick Rossovich all appeared in the 1983 movie Losing It, which you may remember Losing from this podcast. It. And if you have not listened to that episode, go listen to it because it's a prequel to this movie. Yeah, don't yeah. be fake friends. And if you haven't watched that movie, don't watch that movie. <laughs> that's a, that's a <laughs> Just listen to advice. our podcast about it. You'll get the gist. It's pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. But 
But like you mentioned, it's kind of an explanation as to why uh, why uh, Maverick and uh, Cougar have that uh, that kind of tightness, that bond. At the yeah, beginning. and it also explains why Maverick and Slider don't like each other without the fact that they've uh, seemingly never met because they did meet back when and Slider brothel in Tijuana. Yeah, back when Slider was in the Marines. Yes, and then again totally. in a jail in Tijuana. Hell yeah. And, and then, then again, again at the border. <laughs> and, and then, then again, again at, at a, a restaurant. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, Goose was originally supposed to die in a flaming crash aboard an aircraft carrier, uh, but the Navy was not a fan of that. So the scene was changed to the training accident. Um, and that's how it's been since the film was released. Government interference in film. Yeah. Well, that was actually like something that they the Navy did not want at all. It's like, yeah. you cannot show any of our pilots like being killed, like from like being shot down or anything like that. Um, cause they just didn't, that's, you mm-hmm. know, once again, Navy recruitment tool. So, right. Um, but actually they had a member of the actual top gun, like instructors who was kind of like their liaison between the Navy. And he actually had the idea of the flat spin, which I've actually heard a lot of criticism about um, that flat spin scene. Like, but actually, there was actually a lot of thought that went into that. Because a flat spin is when the plane is, you know, well, like it says, it's a flat spin. So mm-hmm. what happens there is um, the pilot is so far forward, he's spinning a lot more. There's a lot more Gs. That's why Maverick couldn't reach the ejection handle right there because he was being forced into the into the cockpit. But Goose, who's farther back is more centralized so he actually could and what's supposed to happen when the cockpit pops off like that is supposed to pop off and then out it gets swept back by the wind but since they're in that flat spin it just hovers above the plane and that's why he hit it so it's actually extremely well thought out um i thought that was kind of a little interesting tidbit there but uh but yeah so all you critics you're wrong it was great if if i'm I'm not mistaken a uh a stuntman actually died filming that scene yes yeah the the pilot that they had filmed the flat spin actually died while doing that so stunt, uh so. also to critics the movie <laughs> did it they proved it can happen yep uh um, myth busted so or, another another little thing that i can't believe i didn't put on here we're gonna talk about kenny loggins now everybody lose it wait danger <laughs> zone so <laughs> all of the like who's who of like soundtrack like original music or whatever was auditioning to have a song in this movie um and, you know kenny Loggins, famous footloose and all that and there was a bunch of other guys and basically everybody was writing songs about you know the action scenes and stuff like that but not kenny Loggins. kenny Loggins was really attracted to that volleyball scene for yeah, some reason was. so he wrote playing with the boys and that won him the job hey it's well it should yeah. like it's and they also already had a song ready danger zone that was already pre-written and they're like hey kenny Loggins, you're already doing this one song do this other one and that's uh outside of maybe footloose probably kenny Loggins' most popular song so one he didn't even write yeah but it's a great song and he sings it very well yeah he does it's great he does well all right y'all got anything else on this wonderful perfect movie nope i think i'm good i think i'm done playing with the boys hmm nice one thanks nice nice i'll never be done playing with the boys Ooh. nice <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's all we have on Top Gun. Join us next time when we chew the fat, <laughs> goddammit, Andrew, yeah, got about the color of money. 
I'm Donovan Bruce. Do you cut all of these out? Do they know that I always change things to chew the fat in the notes? I don't know. I don't know because I said it. You see how that works? Yeah, see, there you go. It's an explanatory question. I'm going to cut this out. No, because (laughs) no. Doug, leave it. I'm Donovan Bruce. If you liked this episode, make sure to rate us five stars on iTunes and check out Cruising It Pod on Letterboxd for our Tom Cruise movie rankings and other general movie stuff. I'm Andrew Mail. Social media is toxic, so don't follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, for this and other podcasts that we do, uh, visit our website at gcatsmedia.com. That's G as in gravy, catsmedia.com. One more time, that's gcatsmedia.com, a URL which I can finally admit, now that we're done re-recording, I actually enjoy. And I'm Mason Kuzmich. Uh, do follow us on Facebook and Twitter, please. We really um, need to get a different... <laughs> different back and forth here. i know i know it's the <laughs> same thing to, all I, the time i, I meant to uh, not say that this time <laughs> and i'd already said social media is toxic yeah, but so do, I, if you want i can redo it no, no we're good we're no good. that's okay, okay. i'm okay. i'm leaving i'm leaving you, all of well, this in. wait can you cut out the part where i ask if we should redo it <laughs> no, no can I'll you leave cut this out in. that part where i asked if <laughs> you could cut out where i just feel like it's stop <laughs> stop <laughs> just let Anyways, me continue our our twitter handle is at cruising it pod C-R-U-I-S-I-N-I-T-P-O-D. Follow us on Twitter. So, again, I can pretend that I have friends. Um, and then also before we go, I just want a quick shout out to our producer, Doug. Thank you, Doug, for all the work you do. It's just me. You've been <laughs> listening to Chris today. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Quit eating on the mic. It's gross. Eat on the mic. It's eating ASMR. You're smacking. It's impolite. Where's your manners? Uh, Welcome to the intersection of ASMR and scolding. um, Donnie scolding me. What's the What's the name of the thing where fat people step on food and people give them money for it? (laughs) I don't know what the I don't know what the name is, but I but I have heard of it. You go to weird corners of the internet, don't you? This is a real thing. Yeah, no, Mm. it's extremely real. I'm not just making it up. That's that's weird. Are you looking it up right now? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm looking it up, and not the picture of Sonic's feet that I saw on Chapo (laughs) Draft (laughs) House. Actually, no, I think it was on Thanks I Hate This. That, that makes much more sense. Uh, I mean, it, it's probably on both. <laughs>